It's frightening, it's frightening. I'm walking along Times Square not more than 25, 30 minutes ago. And there's the look. There is the look in the eye. Do you feel it in the air? What a fantastic night. It's, it's false spring, and there is nothing more exciting, no more wildly frightening than false spring. I'd like to know what's going on all over town right now at this minute. Whew. I'm walking along through Times Square, and I see the looks on the people's faces and the thing in the eye, even the lights, the neon signs, the street lamps. They, they, they stop and go lights. The, the, the signs that say walk said, no, no, run, Dad, go. <laughs> One of them looked right, right, right in my eye and said swing. It didn't say walk. Oh, what a frightening, terrible thing this is. And, and I went maybe four or five blocks in that warm, balmy air. It's, 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 it's almost... It, it's like it's like something is right on the verge of boiling, just about ready to pop. You know? <laughs> Ooh, boy! Oh, this 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 leads to all sorts of things. There's no no question about it. But but mankind is is deeply rooted, firmly rooted, inexorably rooted in the earth. I mean, there's no doubt about it. That when when things begin to move, I saw old gentlemen not more than a half an hour ago beginning to put out branches and twigs. There was an old guy in front of me that was putting out shoots. You could see them. The tendrils were dragging underneath his Chesterfield coat, just hanging down there in the curb, sucking at that water. Oh, the elixir of life. Ooh. Well, it's a wild moment. A terrible... I wonder how many kids are sitting out there right now. Right out there now. It's a funny thing. It's, it's Kids know about this and admit it. Men refuse to concede it mostly because it's so frightening. And and when men do concede it, oftentimes they do so with a terrible, awful sense of loss. Something something has you know what I mean? Dad, you know? And all way out there in Queens and Staten Island, up in Darien, there are kids up in their rooms listening to the radio and they're saying, Yeah, Daddy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's as though the whole world is breaking out in a kind of unconscious cold sweat of excitement, anticipation for something that it doesn't even know about, really. It, it's, it, it, it feels, it's, it's kind of a litmus paper, a sort, of, a sort of antennae hanging there in the air, all sorts of rabbit ears extending from our, from our nerve endings. Oh, wow. Let me tell you, you know, funny thing, can you really remember, can you really remember how it was when you're about 11 or 12 or 14 maybe? It happened later to some guys and earlier to others. When you began to feel that, that, that kind of funny thing in the, in the stomach at this time of the year, a, a kind of wildness, a terrible wildness, that every, every moment was a, was a strange frightening, magnetic experience. Do you remember this, really? When you first began to discover, and you didn't really discover it, you began to suspect there was something. Something was there. Something that you were chasing after, pursuing. And chicks began to take on a completely different perspective. There was something about them. And, and the great mystery began to grow up. You began to discover that you were alive. You know, kids up to a certain point don't even know they're alive. They're totally oblivious of it. They're, they're, like, they're like blank paper just looking out at things. And then there is that moment of self-consciousness when you become conscious of yourself moving through space and time and things operating on you. 
and you develop this terrible fear and at the same time it's it's as though wow whew, you know and you break out into all kinds of cold sweats and you scratch you get lumpy and everything and I remember one time I, I really remember it it's an awful thing to admit but I remember it I remember it at flashes you can't really remember these things clearly except by a sudden sensation like you you smell spring or you 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 get a glass of cold water that is surprisingly cold and good after you've gotten used to water and it comes back for a second and then it goes away and then it comes back again you never know when it's going to come back like the other day I'm in the in the elevator there's this tall thin chick who's a kind of soft look about her standing there in the corner we're going down the elevator nobody's saying anything I don't know this chick just there you know there was something a, a kind of magnetic thing and then she reaches into her purse and takes out a rolled up copy of movie fan life it all clattered into pieces and chunks <laughs> movie fan life but then then you can't help but try to, to bring it back again I remember this terrible experience I had one time the discovery and when you when you begin to taste life feel it you have a deep kind of almost racial consciousness as though you're up to something illicit whatever it is you have discovered it and you better hide it nobody at home your old man doesn't act like that <laughs> you know you, 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 got, you got to hide it and you spend a good deal of your time covering up sneaking around covering up and you and reading terrible books that you sneak in different places you know all kinds of things you're kind of groping you, you suspect that nobody knows I remember one time I'm, I'm, a, I'm a paper boy and this this place where I got the papers every night. It was a newsstand, kind of an inside newsstand. You know, they had a big magazine rack, and they had they had all sorts of pulp magazines. And one night I popped. I didn't actually pop. I was going to buy one. Then I, I couldn't I couldn't get up the guts to do it, and so I stole it. <laughs> I'm telling you right here before all of you, I stole a copy of something called Spicy Detective. Well, I took this thing home and, wow, oh, boy. And I hid it in an old ice box we had down in the basement, in the ice compartment. On the bottom of the ice box, there were all kinds of overshoes, but I hid it in the ice compartment where nobody ever went. It was a funny smell, you know, old ice box. And I had this thing, and I kept it there. And about every three or four days, I'd look at it. And then I took another one. This one was called Spicy Western. It was the same stories, except it was in the West. The, the, the plot didn't mean anything. There was only one point to these stories, Dad. Ooh. And I'm really, oh boy. And, and that icebox began to have a sinister, and yet a, it had an, a kind of an appearance like a big magnet. And I'd be down there and make model airplanes with my kid brother. And once in a while, somebody walked past the icebox, and I'd, <laughs> I'd try to pretend no. And all the while, I knew what was there. And then one day, I go to the icebox, I open the top, and they're gone! Gone! Oh, both of my magazines are gone. It was a terrible moment. 
My kid brother. No, not, not my kid brother. No, no. He, he couldn't have hit it, you know. I knew him too well. And for about three or four days, I'm going to sweat. Oh, boy, I'm going to sweat. And then maybe a week went by, and the heat is beginning to cool off. I figured that maybe they had dissolved or something, you know. And I kind of forgot about it. About two weeks later, I'm standing by the magazine rack with a quick twist of the wrist. <laughs> spicy flying stories. <laughs> they had all kinds of uh, spicy western, spicy detective, spicy interview stories, spicy everything, see? And I, 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 I take this thing home and I hide it in the icebox. The next afternoon, I go into the icebox to start digging into the big novelette exclusive in this issue it's gone boy well of course you know you, I mean I'm no fool even 15 or 14 or whatever it was I'm no fool you know <laughs> I figure now well jigs up they've discovered that I have tapped onto the mother load of life that I am hooked so I'm playing it cool maybe a month goes by I have laid off the illicit reading. But I can't stop breaking out in cold sweats. <laughs> this I can't help. And I remember one day, see, I'm walking home from school, and up ahead of me, about 100 yards or so, is Eileen Akers and Esther Jane Alberry, two of the most fantastic chicks I had ever known. And they're together. It's like a double feature. A gigantic double feature. And all the way home, you know, I'm with cashmere, and I'm nudging them and hitting them. We're falling into the curbs, you know, bumping into the... Fire plugs and yakking it up and hollering, ha ha, yelling and so on, all this stuff. And I'm in a cold sweat, though. I, I'm alternating, you see. I'm alternating. I'm not even interested in cashmere. And I can see that cashmere is playing it purely by indication. You know, we're both shoving back and forth and hollering. And finally, I get home and I'm sitting there at the kitchen table. And I can't get Eileen Akers or Esther Jane Alberry off my mind. It's like they're branded in there. I mean, it, they're branded. It's terrible. I'm, I'm eating a salami sandwich and I'm sitting there and the radio is up on the, up on the ice box and it's playing Bing Crosby records or Andrew's sister's records or something. And I'm sitting there and I'm eating that salami sandwich and I'm breaking out in these cold sweats. And you know, you, you really... There's a, there's a large portion of your life where you think you're getting by with it and you're not. You're just absolutely not, you know. Everybody knows that you're made out of the cheapest, worst kind of celluloid. And I'm sitting there eating my salami sandwich and sort of humming away. And my, my mother is over there by the sink wearing her rump-sprung orange bathrobe. You know, and it's interesting. You never associate girldom with motherdom. My mother's there. It's like she's part of the furniture, you know. She's like the radio. And she's like the, like the refrigerator and the stove and all that sort of thing. Real things you live with. You never think of her as ever knowing about this kind of stuff. And if she did know about it, oh, it'd be fantastic. Oh, impossible to even conceive. Oh, so she's over there working away with her Brillo pad, and the sink is making that glopping sound. And I'm in a cold sweat. And I'm thinking of Esther Jane Alberry or Eileen Akers, and I'm, I'm thinking of going out and walking past her house. I'm thinking of going down and walking past Eileen Akers' house, and if she isn't around, walking past Esther Jane, just to look at the house was enough to make me sweat all over, you know, break out. Terrible skin troubles. I'm sitting there chewing away at the salami sandwich, and not, not a word is being spoken. Not a word. Once in a while, Andrew's sisters come soaking into my consciousness, singing about a beer barrel or some ridiculous thing like that and going on. 
And then all of a sudden, they put on this record, and this guy starts singing, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming of you, sweetheart, sweetheart. And all of a sudden, terrible, these rotten songs are making me do it. And I'm knocking down the salami, and suddenly my mother turns, she gives me a long look. I'm not even aware of it at first. I'm beginning to think, well, what's the matter, Ma? She looks at me and she says, you are beginning to feel your oats, aren't you? <laughs> what do you mean? What are you talking about? You're beginning to feel your oats, aren't you? Feel my oats? Oats? It's the first time I've heard this expression. So what do you mean, Ma? <laughs> Nothing. You are beginning to feel your oats. Your father is going to have to have a talk with you. <laughs> what about? <laughs> what about? <laughs> I'm thinking of spicy western. I figured, is, 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 has the old man, has, is, has he got these spicy, what, what is it? See? <laughs> what about, Ma? <laughs> she turns back to the sink and starts that Brillo pad movement. She's looking out over the long, dark, midwestern backyards, crisp crossed by the thousand clotheslines of yesterday. <laughs> and Bing Crosby comes up. You can hear the sound of his voice rising in the background. And I'm sweating. The old man's going to have a talk with me. Oh, boy. Spicy detective, spicy western. <sighs> I wonder if he knows what I've been thinking about Eileen Akers. I mean, I mean <laughs> how am I going to fake this one? How am I going to fake this one? Oh, and I went out on the back porch. I could hear the radio playing. I go along through the driveway. And I'm scared. Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm like, I'm like a bowl of jello that's been caught out in the sun. It's melting. Raspberry jello. And I go down the street. And it's like, it's like I can't help it. It's like a, a fantastic magnet. You just can't help it. About five minutes later, I'm in front of Eileen Aker's house with the big privet hedges. And I'm walking along there. And somehow, it's, it's terrible. It's wrong. It's an awful thing. And I hear somebody cutting the lawn in the back. I hear this lawnmower going. It's the first grass cutting of the summer. I hear it back there. I wonder who it is. I go on past real slow. About five minutes later, I'm in front of Esther Jane Alberry's house. Same thing. I finally wind up in the library. I'm sitting there reading Boy's Life. I'm reading old Dan Beard talking about carving totem poles with, with, with Boy Scout knives and twigs and making sassafras tea. I'm not with it. I am not with it. I'm trying to regain something that I've lost. What I really wanted, I really want to get my hands on spicy whoopee. <laughs> Dan Beard, come on, Dan. Well, once you get to the real stuff, and I'm reading about Og, son of fire, who's this caveman. <laughs> the plot isn't the same. <laughs> and Miss Easter is standing up there, looking like Miss Easter always looked at the library. And finally I go out, and it's getting dark. And I know my old man is home now. I can't stand it. i got to go home. I, I can't stand it. The old man's going to have a talk with me. And I'm walking past Esther Jane's house now, and it's all lit up inside. I can see her mother walking past the window. Big, fat woman. Her hair looks like springs. 
She wore one of these hairdos, you know, with the springs all over it. She's walking past. And I want to holler, hey, hey, Ma! How's Esther J? Whoopee! I can't do that. Oh. <laughs> Terrible. They're going to discover it. It's no use. I am uncovered. I am a sinner. I am, I am a sinner, sinner. I am rotten, rotten, no good, rotten. And there's my house up there. And it's all, I can see the car in the driveway. The old man is home. I go in and they're already eating. My kid brother is shoveling in the red cabbage. My mother is saying nothing. She has taken off her bathrobe and is now wearing a house dress. My father says nothing. We sit and eat in the radio place. Oh. It, 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 it's, 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 it's ashes, ashes. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes. That's all it is. <laughs> My mother says, I, I, I made red cabbage for you, Jeannie. Red cabbage and mashed potatoes, your favorite. Mix them up. You know how you mix them? I used to mix them all up, you know, and it made sort of a purple glop. Red cabbage and mashed potatoes. Great. What a fantastic mixture. I'm playing around with it, you know. Making it into stuff. And somehow I can't get estrogen oil barrier. Eileen Akers out of my skull. I can't. The old man is sitting over there, and I know he's been reading spicy western. <laughs> Mine. He knows. Nothing tasted the same. It's never tasted the same since. I'm just sitting there. And I remember this 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 comic strip at the bottom. But but the lightning is in the eye. It's in the eye. You can't turn back. You never can. Whew. It's like... It's like you're a watermelon that's out in the sun. You've been out in the sun too long. You're getting all kinds of soft spots. And the Andrew sisters begin to sing. And they're singing about that beer barrel again. And then there's this guy singing about good night, sweetheart. Skinny, what's his name, Ennis? Sound like he sang out of his left ear. The whole thing is kind of... Oh, it's terrible. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. A terrible sinner. And nobody... Nobody will ever forgive me, ever. They know it. I'm going to keep my trap shut. I'm never going to look at Esther Jane again, ever, ever. <laughs> I'm going to start building model... That's going to be my life work. Model airplanes, that's it. Model airplanes and ball playing. And they'll never know. And I'm sitting there and I'm mixing up my cabbage and my potatoes and I'm shoveling it in. <laughs> it tastes just as good as ever. Speaking of cabbage, this is WOR AM and FM New York. Right here in the heart of the Big Apple. And I feel that the spring madness is about to burst again upon us like a vast Johnstown flood of emotions. <laughs> Like the time I'm reading this ancient news item somebody sent me. Do you know that one time in Boston, there were 150 people drowned in a flood of molasses in the first spring day? Back in the early 1900s, a gigantic tank of molasses. Yeah, there was a factory that had an enormous... You heard about it? It had a big tank of molasses, and all these people were walking down the street. It was springtime, and all of a sudden, boom! And they're all being drowned in molasses! <laughs> It's just what's going to happen to all of us, boy, if we don't hide those spicy detectives under the rug and get rid of them. We're all going to go down the drain together, I'm telling you. It's an awful thing. But then, you know, the spring, the spring madness is upon us. 
I'm looking at the theatrical page the other day, a couple of days ago, you know, with birds are beginning to twitter there in the eaves of man. And the old men are beginning to put out the, the twigs and the sprouts. Things are beginning to move again, that old river. You, you, you never expect the ice to break up on the river, you know, when you're caught fast in that, that iron grip. And suddenly it does. The ice breaks up. <laughs> and the first signs of spring madness are in the air. I see where some producer says it's about time jazz got on Broadway. Jazz is the only American art form, and it's about time it got to Broadway. Well, I agree with him. And then he goes on to say, we're going to put up this great big jazz show. We're going to get Art Farmer's Quartet, and we're going to get all these jazz people. And who do you think is going to be weaving in and out of it, in between it, talking about America? <laughs> Brendan Behan. Spring madness is upon us. He's been in America four weeks, and he's going to talk about America now. <laughs> Spring madness is again with us. I've been to Dublin, and I can tell you, the, the relationship between Dublin and the Art Farmer Quartet is tenuous at best. Somehow, Brendan Behan is going to be up on the stage talking about jazz. Oh, sick transit. Insanity. Oh, oh Gloria, glorious so passes the wondrous column that was Rome. Oh, we're always doing these things. Like a couple of months ago, when a, it's, it's, a, it's because Americans the world over feel some kind of insane inferiority which they have no right to feel. And so when they're going to do something important, they get an Englishman to tell them about America. Or an Irishman to tell them about America. Oh, how sad. And so a couple of months back, one of the, one of the television stations or networks or whatever it was put on this a real sad program called Night People. And somehow they think it's about people who scrub floors at night. And who do you think they get to talk about America? Alastair Cook. Oh, he's about as far away from a night person as it's possible to get. Daddy, he's not only square, this guy's got points all over him. He is not only a square, he is a polyhedron. A dexahedron. He's got so many square facets all over him. And he's talking about night people. Why? Because he's an Englishman. That's why. That makes it a quality show. And it'll guarantee, by then, to get a nice review from the Times. As long as there's an Englishman or an Irishman connected with it, it's important. Oh, sick Gloria. Can you imagine somebody in England putting on a television show about English life and getting Jack Kerouac to comment on it? <laughs> this is the insanity that we're constantly doing. <laughs> Don't expect me to go and watch Brendan Behan. I'll watch Brendan Behan do an Irish play. But I will... Oh, please, 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 please. Come on, come on, ladies and gentlemen, 
Spring is about to begin, and it's about to begin and happen once again to you. And it's free. Almost free. Money back guarantees. Step back, children. Step back, children. This is for the men. This is for the women. The men and the women. The rich, ripe fruit of life. Oh, oh. Step right up, ladies and gentlemen. It's about to begin. everywhere. Why aren't you getting in on it? Go ahead, man, you're chicken. Do it tonight. the only one it's 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 you can't you can't stay away from it you're not the only one 200 years ago some swinger wrote first dream of the year i kept it a dark secret smiling to myself Then there was this other swinger about 150 years ago who said, Icicles and water, old differences dissolved, drip down together. And then there was the greatest one of them all who said, In my new clothing, I feel so different. I must look like someone else. Enjoy all those wonderful experiences that have been brought 
is about to begin. Yes! Come on, all you swingers, come on! It's about to begin again. There's a new show starting in just a few seconds. Be ready, be ready, be ready. Buy your tickets now. I'm sitting there and I'm reading the comic strips that are at the bottom of the comic strips. Just hold it, hold it. That's it. You know, you know the same thing. I'll give you the cue. We're sitting there, see, and I'm reading the comic strips at the bottom of the comic strips. And, Daddy, they have hit home. There's this comic strip way down at the bottom, you know, where these chicks and these people work selling stuff. And there's these two people, see. There's this one guy standing there and he kind of looks sad. And he's got little dots all over his face. And you see these two other guys in the back, and one is saying to the other, you know, it's too bad about Jack. If someone would tell him about his unsightly skin blemishes, if he would find out just what Fleischmann's yeast would do for him, he would be happy like the rest of us and would get, and would get a date for the big prom. Well, in the next picture, there's a little parrot somehow has appeared over his mirror. And this parrot is saying, hey, Jack, go down to your local friendly grocer and ask him about Fleischmann's yeast. And Jack is looking real unhappy in the mirror. And the next picture, we see him down there talking to Mr. Brown, his friendly, his friendly neighborhood grocery man. And he's got one of these white aprons on, and he's saying, Why, yes, Jack, uh, many of our young customers come in and find that Fleischmann's yeast does wonders for their skin troubles. And old friendly Mr. Brown is handing him a great big cake of yeast. He says, Here, take this one home and try it on me. Come back in ten days, and if you're not satisfied, your money back. Uh, see your doctor if pains persist. And in the next scene, we see this kid, and he's he's eating the yeast. And he says, "Wowee! I never knew that Fleischmann's yeast tasted so good. Wowee! It's just like some wonderful rich candy. Whoopee!" And already I can see some of the spots are gone. And in the next picture, you see him. He looks fantastic. He looks like like. A little Robert Taylor or something. He's fantastic. And hanging on to his arm is this beautiful chick. Oh, what a chick. Oh, she makes Eileen Akers. Oh, look like, look like a giant buck tooth. <laughs> and, and this chick is hanging on. See, and she's looking up, and you can see little hearts and stuff all fluttering around. And you see a little balloon with dotted lines around him. And in the back, you see this parrot. See, and the parrot is talking to himself. And he says, I have saved up. I got my life savings of 40 cents in my dresser drawer, hidden under my socks. And so five minutes later, I'm in there, and I got that 40 cents, and 15 minutes later, I'm down at Mattingly's grocery store. <laughs> I'm in there by the meat department, and I'm looking up at Mr. Mattingly. I said, Mr. Mattingly, I want a cake of yeast, please. 
Mattingly looks down at me and he says, What's the matter? <laughs> Skin trouble, huh? <laughs> and the next thing I know, all these old hens in the store are all looking at me. They're carrying their shopping bags, and about 14 of them are laughing. I says, No, my ma's baking bread. That's what. He knew my mother was a silver cup chick from way back. No, my ma's breaking some bread. <laughs> he says, Here is your yeast. Good luck, son. Good luck. You don't forget quick. is upon us. Not more than three, maybe four days ago in one of the New Jersey papers in the column headed Letters to the Editor there appeared the following missive. Editor, the record. I feel sorry for the person who either stole my brown billfold or found it and didn't return it. The person could have kept the billfold but returned the cards and papers and money. I have prayed a Holy Ghost correction upon this person who will lose his job, get sick, have a miserable marriage, or suffer something else. Are you ready to meet God? You better be in 1963, whoever stole my wallet. As the world is coming to an end, that will be the year of the Armageddon, the war that will destroy the world. Are you ready? Sign. Reader. Yes, standing under a quiet mimosa tree, I've long considered the plight of man. And overhead, three gulls wheeled and spun. And the mimosa tree sighed in the gentle breeze. <laughs> come on, come on! It's out there for the living. It's out there for the field. It's time for you to get on that great big roller coaster of life. Let's go! It's all free. It's ours. It's ours. The time is growing short. It's time to go. And then there's this chick. Listen, you guys, listen. Hey, 
Hey, you guys. Hey. You male types, listen. There's this chick who writes. She says... I dig your show, Dad. But, but... Whenever I turn your show on on Friday night... Almost all the dates that I go out with think I'm out of my skull. I, I'll know the right boy when I find him, only if he swings with you. It's, it's kind of like a test that almost everyone flunks. Maybe I'm the sick one. Just keep it up, Dad. How'd you like to know this chick, Dad? Huh? Huh? <laughs> yes, uh... Yes, you're feeling your oats, huh? Well, you know, I kept thinking of the of the phrase, feeling your oats. Every time I walk past Bickford's and that sign of the window says, Oatmeal, ten cents with cream, twelve. I see myself sitting in there at two o'clock in the morning, just reaching in that bowl, you know, feeling my oats. Just feeling my oats at four o'clock in the morning. Yes, it's a test that kind of everyone flunks. You're right, baby. It is. <laughs> so get a hold of that string. That's why people want to fly kites. Because there's something fragile and beautiful about a kite. And it's up there in the air, too. Which is more than any of us are. With that long, flapping tail. With the light shining through it. That fluttering sound that they make. It's no wonder that the Chinese... The English and the Japanese all dig kites. The older a civilization gets, the more it realizes. Yeah. The more it realizes. So come on, get a hold of that string, baby, and start running. Start running. <laughs> come on, come on. The big show is about to begin. The big show is about to begin. Come on.
baby, are you scared? Are you telling that young man that I can't understand a word of the drivel he's speaking? You tell him that I'm calling from Staten Island, too, and I enjoy lemon cookies at Shrafts. Look, baby, I enjoy lemon cookies at Shrafts, too. Why do you think I speak of them, huh? And don't think for a minute you don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, you body breeze. Thatcher Wolf. Thatcher working on the roof. I see your bottom. Immobile Fiji alone, unblanketed by millions of new leaves. Spring morning marble. Lovely, nameless little hill on a sea of mist. You see, he never did say a word. The old man never did have that talk with me. <laughs> he figured that spicy detective was enough. And by George, he was right. Yeah, the look in the eye. This is going to be a swinging weekend. I can feel it in the air. I can almost... I can almost smell it. Come on, man, don't lose your nerve. It's, it's free. Yes, come one, come all. The show's about to begin. It hasn't even started yet. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. You, Mr. Mattingly. I never did come back to get my dough. You owe me some dough, you know. That yeast never did do it. Those... Harmless skin blemishes. <laughs> Time tied in the affairs of men. Come on. Don't duck, Daddy. You're chicken. This is WOR Radio. Here's big news about a sensational savings this week at Grand Union. Interested? You bet, but tell me more. You get fresh-dressed, ready-to-cook fryers, whole for only... Yes? 33 cents a pound. You mean... That's right. Only 33 cents a pound, so shop today. I will. Save cash and stamps at Grand Union and Sunrise Supermarket. Only 33 cents a pound. Hmm. W-O-R-E-M at FM New York.